Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode just the other week where Ryan and I came on and we did a uh, kind of like a Who Are We episode and it was titled Who the Fuck is Kings Cast? So if you're a new listener and you're kind of wondering who we were, check that one out. Um, and a lot of episodes in the last couple of weeks leading up to the season. Um, a lot of good ones, a lot of cool topics. We've had a lot of fun doing them. The podcast has been growing over the last couple of weeks, and we're happy to be here. If you want to check out anything Kingscast, you can find our entire show catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, bringing in my co-host today for another episode, Ryan. What's good, bro? Yeah, what's up? Weird week, okay? Um, you know, I know we've been in this COVID thing since like March. I had my first COVID scare this week. Uh, I, I was exposed to somebody who uh, tested positive. So I was sent home from work and I had to go get tested. Uh, came back negative. Thank, you know, thank all the gods out there that were looking over me. But, uh, you know, the, the COVID test actually, it kind of hurts, man. For people who say it's not a big deal. All right, so I had one of the, you know, they stick the two things up your nose, whatever, and they, they twirl it around. One, they go real deep, dude. It felt like they were, like, touching my brain up there. It was really, it didn't hurt. It was just a very weird sensation that I've never felt in my life before. And then the other one, they just kind of stick in there. But, uh, you know, weird experience. Uh, I, I had zero symptoms. I didn't feel sick, so I really wasn't too worried about it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I made it nine months without my, you know, without having a scare and getting tested. So that's an achievement. Um, I beat the Rona, so, you know, I am a... I'm a survivor, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Kings play or Kings preseason this week. Uh, very entertaining games, man. Like I actually, I don't really watch preseason too much, but I did this year and it was exciting. So good week this week overall. Uh, I'm just happy to be back on the pod as usual. I don't know if you mentioned it there. You you did test negative, so I can't think. I, don't I did. Think you're sur- yeah, I don't think you're a survivor because you actually never had. No, it. no, 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 bro. See what happened was the coronavirus tried to get into me, but you know I drink I drink a lot of beer, dude, and they just you know my immune system fought it off dude so i'm a survivor yeah. bro. don't take that away from me dude come on yeah but they, i did hear that you right. tested positive for uh having a micro penis so there's yeah, that. that's true that's true <laughs> see huge bowls all head bro yeah i love it that's 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 really the key you know is just uh mm-hmm. bring that little thing to to the i haven't had a covid scare yet waiting for my time nothing i take that vitamin d you know and all those other supplements <laughs> oh, so I don't all that it. vitamin d yes he does yeah um uh, we should probably get into it, man, because got another loaded episode, and it's 
we took it's been a you know our usual cadences we missed this past weekend so we're actually recording uh right now it's what what day is it thursday so the preseason thursday just night. ended right now a couple of days behind our, our what we usually release but uh so a lot of talk a lot to talk about like a big gap and um i think this episode one of we're going into the season and i think we're going to do like a two-part preview so tonight we're going to really focus on the kings as usual and talk about everything in Kingsland. Um, so a lot of off the cuff st- stuff here, Ryan, I'm going to throw a bunch of things at us and let's just take it uh, for what it is here. So I, I, as we're going into the regular season, we just finished the preseason. There's like a lot of big topics and I don't really know the best way to structure it today, but I'm thinking we just kind of attack certain players and certain narratives. Um, one of the big things is going into the preseason coming out of the off season there was this big divide in Kingsland, right? So the divide was that you have a lot of people who think the Kings are fucking terrible and aren't going to do anything. Um, and then you have a group who, you know, I think they're still, they think that they're going to be bad, but wanted that we're really pushing for the Kings to blow things up and tank in this off season. And then you had me and you, and then our boy, you know, KC friend of the show, Chris B a couple other folks out there, but real, the, the real minority who actually think that this is a pretty talented roster and had the potential to be decent this year. And I think as we go into episode, we'll talk about what we mean by that. Um, and we were really advocating this offseason in keeping the group intact uh, as far as people who were here last year, like Buddy, Barnes, Fox, you know, those guys, and just getting a run with them and then just trying to improve a little bit and run out there and compete this year. That's all we're asking, right? Um, now that the preseason's been done, how do you feel about where our position was versus where other people were? So I, I think we were right again. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, there is talent here, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people talking about tanking and, you know, going and getting a top five draft pick and all that. Um, this team's too talented for that. Like it's just, it's obvious when they're, when they're out there, when the starters are playing and Fox is rolling and buddy's rolling and, you know, you throw in the wild card Bagley, if he's healthy and, you know, the, just bringing in Whiteside, you know, Barnes is going to do his usual thing. There's too much talent here, you know, to, to be a bottom of the NBA team. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go out and get snagged the seventh or eighth seed. I'm not saying that, but they're definitely not at that bottom tier of the NBA team you know, NBA teams, they're not down there with the Knicks no more. Uh, you know what I mean? So like, I think we were right. And I think the, I think the preseason really showed that dude, it was a very entertaining preseason. Cause you know, without the, with the lack of training camp and all that stuff, and, you know, in the, in the shortened uh, off season, you know, starters played some significant minutes, you know? Um, so we got to see a good taste of what it's going to be like during the season. And there's a lot of talent here, man. I'm excited, dude. I'm, I'm super excited this year. I'm always excited. Uh, you know, I'm just ready for it to be here, man. We got another week and, and we'll see how things go. But I, I think we are right. Uh, and one of the things, because I've, I, you know, I just say it's like the, the big ones out there is like the Kings Herald uh, and then really KHTK. Those two groups are the big vocal ones that have been pushing this. The Kings are either going to suck or they should tank. Those have been as far as media. Suck down royalty, I think, as well, right? Did you say them? Uh, I don't really. The Sacktown Royalty is kind of run by the those Laker fans now, so I don't. Yeah, even but but that's care. that's where they're at too. And then uh, Tim Maxwell, I've been seeing too. Surprisingly, you know, Tim Maxwell usually has got his shit together too, but he's surprisingly on the tank on the tank side. 
Well, he's part of the King's Herald, and it seems like the King's yeah. Herald's got this yeah. unified fucking dumb thing, and, and I'm kind of over them, dude, because I got into it with their, one of their writers, and I'm not even going to drop these guys' names, but they're being dicks, and a lot of it goes back to the bogey thing, which I keep telling everybody, I'm not going to keep bringing up, Ryan, you see, so you get me yeah. heated about the King's Herald, I'm going to start to keep bringing up bogey, but um, I, you know, a lot of the interactions in the offseason, you know, it, it was about that. It was more like the Kings aren't that, they're not that bad. They're not that bad, you know, and, no. and, 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 and you know the thing is, is like, we get it, I get accused then, uh, which is crazy of you know like carmichael Dave, like he tells me take your purple glasses off like i'm a homer like this isn't a homer take and i think we i think because we are here's the thing ryan because we're fans and we do king's cast as fans and people don't necessarily listen to us like these like carmichael, he's not listening to us he's king Terrell. they're not taking the time they're sniffing no. their own they're sniffing their own farts that's what they're doing they're sniffing their own farts okay <laughs> they're dutch othering each other and sniffing their own farts they're not listening to us oh. so so <laughs> so the thing is is that bec- when we drop these takes out here and people don't have the context behind us we get accused of being homers and we're fucking exactly. not homers. We're not yeah. homers. And, yeah. and, and, and I think we got to kind of come on here and clarify where our position comes from. And, and I think I want to start like this, right? I'm not even going to talk about the other teams. Let's just talk about the Kingstown. One thing me and you talked about in the last episode is that last year there was this – I think that last year was kind of a weird failure year because they didn't improve going into the season. Okay, they they didn't sign the right players, and they see, but they thought like, they did. They, they they really they thought they they thought that they were making the right moves. That that was the thing, and it was it was weird. It it was a weird thing because going into the season last year, I don't remember looking at it and be like, well, you, you know, I I thought I honestly, if healthy, I think the Kings could have snagged the eight seed. I think that's why I predicted them and stuff. But it, you're right, it was a very weird just uh, failure season. Sorry to cut you off, but go ahead. So going into the offseason, though, you know, they didn't have a plan because you look at the year before and they were they were the ninth seed with Jaeger. They fired him, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, they yeah. were buyers at that deadline. And that when they got Harrison Barnes and they don't bring back Willie and they, you know, they signed some of these other plays. So it was a weird year. And I think here's here's where I want to break down before we I've kind of gone in different directions. But here's what I want to break down. Going back to last season. They brought in these. They brought in Deadman Ariza and thought they were going to pair them behind kind of what they had brought back from the previous year. And people assumed that they were going to stay afloat or get better, take that next step. Well, I think people in Kingsland and all of Kingsland, both media and fans, dude, they forget the amount of injuries that happened to the Kings last December. Exactly. It was November, December, and then into January. Bagley missed all the games. Um, Deadman was worthless. Ariza was worthless. De'Aaron Fox missed a lot of games. Yep. Um, and then by the time he did come back, they were – so there was like a lot of injuries and stuff that set them back, and the bad signings really fucked up their whole lineup. And then in addition to all that, there was this like divide on how they were going to treat the rotation. It's like they didn't even want to play Harry Giles until the middle of the season. It's Halfway through the season, they started elevating Bo. It was like it made no sense, all right? And really what it took for the Kings last season was the trade deadline just to get a couple pieces and get something together, and they were, they were decent the second half of the year. So I think where you and I are coming from, it's like, yo, and you, you go in on this. They have – Two twenty point a game backcourt of uh, two twenty point a game scoring backcourt players. You have Darren, Darren Fox, which you can elaborate on, which everybody knows is gonna be a fucking stud this year. HB is gonna play to the level of whatever lineup he's in, and then they go get a shot. They all these players. 
I just don't see how they're going to be worse than last year. And honestly, Ryan, isn't this team better than the team two years ago that finished in the ninth seed that everybody, including this Carmichael, Dave, and all these other guys that's thought going into last year was going to be a playoff team? Like, isn't, isn't this roster better than the two years ago teams? I don't it know is. why. Where's this whole thing about that they're going to be fucking terrible this year? Where's that coming from? Yeah, I just think it's... You know, I, I think last year they were overly optimistic coming into the year last year because you, you got to remember, too, they were saying this on air. You know, Grant was saying it, Carmichael, Dave, the future's bright. And you've touched on this a lot. You've made a big point over the last year to say, you know, call people out because if, if you remember, it was 2019 March that, a lot. you know, the Kings were in playoff contention and they came out, traded for Harrison Barnes, had a horrible, horrible March that put them out of the playoff race. And, you know, all we heard from the media was, oh, the future's bright. Young super team, the future's bright. Lock us in for the playoffs next year. And then it came out and all those guys looked like idiots, you know, barring injuries. I, I, I would have to agree. But, you know, injuries hampered the team and the lack of depth and the, the poor signings by Divock, you know, everything was kind of the perfect storm. Um, so that's, you know, I think people just look at that where we were last year and they're trying to not be as optimistic because, you know, if you play – if, if you shoot, you know, you aim low and they, you know, they fail, you're, you're correct. But if you aim low and the team overachieves, you know, it's, it's not going to be a bad take on your part, the team overachieves. So I think part of it's people just covering their ass. I, I think their bets, hedging their bets, dude. I think that exactly what it is. A lot of people are afraid to come out and say, Hey, you know, this team can win some games. This team's talented, you know, cause the, the West is stacked. Like let's, let's be real. The West is the West, you know, one through nine, you know, and I put Sacramento, honestly, I'll come out and say, I think Sacramento is probably the ninth best team in the West right now. One through nine, the West is absolutely fucking stacked. And people are afraid to come out and say, well, you know, uh, the Kings, you know, can be good, blah, 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 just because they see what's on their rosters. But I look at it like this, and, and you said you made a good point. This roster right now is better than the roster we had going into the season last year. It's better than the roster we had going into the season before that. Um, so I look at it like this, there's depth. We finally have a shot blocker in, in Hassan Whiteside. We had got that double digit rebounder. You have your energy guy in Rashawn Holmes. Bagley's going to be healthy. I believe this year, Darren Fox takes the next step. You got Buddy Hill and you got Harrison Barnes. Um, I, I think this team is in a position, um, you know, guys have to make a few jumps. You know, I think this team is in a position to make the playoffs. I think they're in a position to win some games. I don't think that they're going to be a bottom five team again. Um, but it's going to take, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but it's going to take other guys, you know, playing to a, to a big level. But I, I think the local media and stuff, dude, hedging their bets big time. If people really think that this team's that bad, that's ridiculous, dude. That is, you don't watch basketball because it's obvious ESPN was talking about the game tonight. And even ESPN thinks the game's going to be, or the Kings are going to be a decent team. I listen to Portland. I don't listen to, you know, I'm at work. I listen. I stream the game. So I listen to Portland's broadcast when we played them. And even Portland said there's a lot of talent here in Sacramento. They just need to put it together. Um, so, you know, if people outside of Sacramento are saying that, and, and from what I'm seeing in their roster and how they played, and if I'm thinking that they're going to be there, uh, why not, man? I think people – don't hedge your bets, man. Don't be scared to make that take. It's the But it's it's the loser's mentality that's been going on, I think. And it's, it's what I accused the loser's mentality of a couple of years ago because we were on the other side – where the same people were, like you said, 
the future's bright, you know, don't worry. It's, you know, in a couple years, blah, blah, blah. And I remember then saying, well, I don't really think so. Like, I think the team's yeah. not that great. I'm, I think that they have kind yeah. of fucking up, you know, not being aggressive right now and getting players. And then now it's kind of the rules reversed. Now we're kind of those guys where I think the future is kind of bright right now, you know, there's, talent, there's it, definite talent here. Yeah. And then and it seems weird that like two years ago, we were saying, no, nah, wait a couple years, make a couple more moves. And they were saying, no, like, you know, we're going to be here in a year. And then now it's a year or two later, and it's like we've kind of flipped in a weird way. And for me, I just – it makes no sense. You get a lot of other teams that are getting – which we're going to go into uh, other teams later, but a lot of other players get that benefit of the doubt in the league, young players. And I think that you you talked about how other guys are going to need to step up. But let's, let's talk about, like – let's talk about De'Aaron Fox, right? Because De'Aaron Fox is a – fucking goddamn superstar i think he's budding he's gonna be there but he's still developing and there's still limitations and just in the preseason it still looks there is you know last year darren fox is his criticism for me was his free throw shooting was needed to improve when you're shooting like 70 percent you're that type of level of player it's unacceptable you gotta shoot in the 80s the issues in the 80s he'll be like 24 25 games so there's that he needs to be a little bit more of a threat at with the open shot like, he doesn't need to be deadly. That's not his game yet. It will in time. But, like, he needs to be a little bit more of a threat. So, just, like, slight improvement there. And then, really, just the turnovers, you know, because that guy is so aggressive and penetrating into the lane. And, like, he's just making these weird passes, dishing, you know. And that's where I wanted to throw this question out at you because he's kind of struggled at some times in the preseason, as you've seen and other people have seen, right? And I think it goes back to the bubble. I referred to a game against the Orlando Magic in the bubble, and I remember this specifically. And, and you know, Ryan, I, I always preface when we start talking about this, I always say, you and I, we, we, we don't get too far in the X's and O's things, so we try to stay in our lane. But this one's, like, pretty evident, right? Darren Fox is a dribble-penetrating guard. He, he, he's either getting down on the fast break or, in the half-court said, he's coming off and trying to get into the lane, right? That's how his primary way of scoring. Um, with that, though, like I – like the Orlando Magic game in the bubble, teams can get into these. It's the NBA. These guys can get into these zones and they can kind of take away lanes on you if you don't have the threat of the of scoring and any everything elsewhere, right? And so I think that's the one thing that there's going to be nights where Darren Fox is not. They're gonna teams are gonna say you're not fucking taking it off the dribble to the hole in the half court set against us. And it's going to require you to like move the ball around and score in other ways. Right. Um, does, is that fair? And like, I, I just want to put that expectation up because I love De'Aaron Fox, but that is going to be my knock on him and that they're the Kings it's, are going to have to find ways to produce when he's not, when they take that away from him. So it, it goes, it goes like this, you know, I, and I'm not comparing the two players at all, what I'm about to talk about, but it's the same thing with Russell Westbrook, okay? You know, people people love to hate Westbrook. Westbrook is physically one of the most gifted players to ever walk the planet, dude. He He's athletic. He's fast. But what doesn't he do well? He doesn't shoot well, all right? So you have those games where Russell Westbrook is forced to shoot open jumpers, and he's inefficient. It happens. But, you you know, for De'Aaron Fox, you have to learn how to affect the, uh, you know, to affect the game in other ways. You know, like Russell Westbrook, what he's turned into is, yeah, he may not score, but Westbrook's going to play defense. He's going to rebound. He's going to dish the ball. He's going to put up those numbers. And I think that's where De'Aaron Fox really, on those nights where 
he isn't shooting well and he's not getting to the basket, you have to affect the game in other ways. Just like tonight, you know, he had like, he, I think he had double digit assists tonight, didn't shoot well. But, you know, when you're, when the ball's not going in the basket, learn how to, learn how to uh, affect the game in other ways. Uh, also, I want to point out for a lot of people who are saying um, that Fox struggled in the preseason stuff, look who he played against. You know, he played against two of the top point guards in, in the NBA. He played against Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, probably the two best point guards in the NBA. Uh, you know, so you got to look at it like that too. You know, I know they're not both like defending guys and they don't play defense, but those guys affect the games in different ways and they, they get you out of position and they get you tired. They move without the ball. They, they score, they do a lot of things. So I think that had a lot to do with it too. You know, Darren Fox being a young guy coming into the season um, and coming out and playing the two best point guards right off the bat, it's, it's going to be a struggle, but I think for Darren Fox and for the Kings to make that next step, it, it, he's got to learn how to affect the game in other ways. And like you said, you got to make those free throws, um, you know, bump those assist numbers up, and it really comes down to defense as well. It brings me to why uh, my second player here that I want to put out, and it's why you and I have just been such advocates for this for like fucking the whole off season. And it's Buddy Heald. It's that it's, 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 Guys in Kingsland, like Kings, Kings, Kings friends, Kingsland out there. Okay, um, I, I just think that for all of you who were pushing for the Kings to move Buddy Hield and just give him up this offseason, it, it, I and I said this before, Ryan. It, it, it last year we didn't get a full season with those guys, and we didn't have like a. I don't feel like last season the Kings had a complete team. They had a weird team. It's like three different, three or four different rosters. There was a preseason roster, there was a early season roster, there was a mid season roster, and there was a bubble roster, and they all had different players in different roles. Exactly. I think that this year, I, I, I one of the biggest thing I just want to see Buddy Hill. And De'Aaron Fox stay healthy for an entire season and play next to each other. Well, Bagley too. You got to throw Bagley in there. Well, I'm going to work my way up on the lineup, and I, and I think I will talk about that. But but like Buddy Hield is uh, one of the things that I've seen. I think Buddy Hield is like, I mean, we say he's such a freaking good three point shooter that I'm really curious to see those guys play a lot of games. There's going to be games where it's not it's it's not it's pretty not like. It's yeah, and 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 like I said, I think Darren Fox, you can take him out of a game, and you, but by taking him out of a game, you're committing to taking away the lane. And when you take away the lane, you give up the perimeter, and that's where I think that Buddy Hield is freaking so valuable. I mean, he is, um, and I feel like it's gonna. I, I mentioned this in our, one of our offseason talks. It's you know, Rip Hamilton is a guy I always reference. I always like Rip Hamilton. And it's kind of the same way that Steph and Clay play now, Ryan, where it's hella off-ball movement, where they're just constantly running on baselines and stuff. That's a throwback to, to Rip Hamilton back in the day, where you're running figure eights and you're moving around. And I think that's what I like to see Buddy Hill be utilized. And I think when we did our defensive Buddy Hill episode and we really made all our defenses to, about him this season, this is what we're talking about. And that you have a, you have a point guard with an elite skill set and you have a shooting guard with an elite skill set, and literally you take away one, you give the other. It's kind of that that way, right? And they both are twenty point a game guys. And I think Buddy Hield is going to come in with a on a on a mission this year. Yeah. And I think I think we're owed to see that. So it really pisses me off, man. When I'm when I'm in all these groups and and on Twitter, and I see people rooting against wanting to see this, I'm like, I think are you a fucking fan? Like, do you do you are you a fan? Because who doesn't want to see this? Exactly. And it's, you know, and you go throw back to two years ago when people were saying, hey, give it, you know, we're playoffs next year. It was particularly on Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald came out and averaged 20 points a game and everybody was like, holy shit. 
Buddy's the man. He's, you know, probably second or third best three-point shooter in the game. We almost made the playoffs. Uh, Buddy's, Buddy's the best player on the team, blah, blah, blah. With him and Fox, we can get to that next level. And we haven't seen it yet. So I, I don't understand when you have a guy under contract, why not? Hey, just let them play out the year, okay? If by the All-Star break, okay, the Kings aren't in it and, and Buddy's just not playing well and it's not working, okay, move on. All right, I, I will accept that. But I think the Kings uh, the Kings fans, you know, we deserve to see these two try to work it together. It's the best backcourt that we've had since the Bibby Doug Christie stuff, okay? Uh, it is. It, you know, it's one of the best backcourts that we've had in the Sacramento era. And I think Kings fans deserve to try to see Darren Fox and Buddy Hield work it out together. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's fine. You know, if it doesn't work, then all you guys who are talking about tanking get what you want. You know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't work, cool. We we it didn't work out. Trade the guy. Let's let's move on. Then let's go. You know, try to get assets and rebuild and do it this way. But we deserve to see these two guys play together healthy for a season. We really do. It's and I'm not. I think that I'm gonna hold off on the trade, buddy. Hill talk shit because it's not happening. Hey, the train's in motion, guys. We've been telling you for months. The train is in motion. They're not moving him because really, there's no need to move him. He he's going in his first year. Of, he has no leverage. His de-escalating contract. He's a shooter in his, his late twenties. He's really like salt. Like they can move him at any time in the next four years, and it's yeah, probably going to yield can. back the same thing. And it could yield back more if you include something with it because the contract's yesterday. So honestly, fuck off with the trade talk right now. Let's just talk about like the season. You know, the one thing uh, uh I talked about is like Harrison Barnes, Ryan Harrison Barnes. I I think he's a guy that we everyone likes because Harrison Barnes is like a good dude and. He kind of he does a little bit of everything. He checks all that, the boxes. But Harrison Barnes needs to play a high, higher level. Last year, he, his scoring dropped, and I don't think that he uh, did the – I don't know. And I, I, I'll say this. I don't think that last year he played up to the level that they needed him to play at, that he previously had played at, and what the contract they kind of you know t- pegged him at. I think a lot of that had to do with, again, it goes back to like the whole lineup. The lineup was very inconsistent throughout the year. There were a lot of games where he was he was being uh, he was the only guy like on the on the floor at times you know especially when, like Darren Fox was out who could actually be a threat to take it to the hoop which is kind of bad when HB's that guy but I think that if the backcourt's humming I think that Harrison Barnes is going to play his role I'd like to see that I like to see his scoring bump up Ryan more into that sixteen a game that's um, where he, he that's where he was before we got him. Yeah, he was you somewhere know, like 16 to 18, yeah. right? And then last year he drops down to like 14 point something. And I, I'd like to see him, uh, you know, bump the scoring up more. And I'd like to see it bump the scoring up from spot up three-point shooting is one of my big things. I'd like to see him do it from that. And, you know, a little bit of scoring, a little block. That's where I'd like to see his scoring come from. I don't want to see the guy taking guy people to the hole. And I don't want to see him trying to shoot off the dribble. You know, is that where is is that where do you think his role is? Where do you where is his role? Yeah, I, I think I yeah, and that and it's exactly where he's. I think he's going to do a little bit of everything, and for the Kings to be successful, that you know, we were talking about those nights where Darren Fox, you know, people, it's just not working. Harrison Barnes got to step up. You know, nights that it is working, Harrison Barnes crashed the boards, play defense. Um, so it's going to be as the veteran and as the the guy on the on the starting line that kind of checks all the boxes. You got to get in where you can fit in. You got to be that veteran player to decide. Okay. Fox got it rolling tonight. I need to do this. Or, hey, Buddy's hitting open shots tonight. I got to do this. Hey, uh, you know, we're kind of getting beat up down low tonight. I need to go down. I need to play better, uh, 
prim or uh, interior defense. I got to crash the boards and do that kind of stuff. I just want to point this out too. Last year, Harrison Barnes had his worst season in a few years. You know, the year before was Sacramento 16.4. The year before that, he averaged 19 and six with the doubt with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so he's, he really is capable of giving us 15 to 16 a night on this roster. And that's where I would like to see him at. I like to submit that 16. I'm looking at the box score from tonight's game, 17 points, five rebounds, one assist. Here's, here's one of the key things right here, Ryan, from him is is his free throws he, he had the most free throw attempts on the team tonight uh, seven for eight so eight eight attempts yeah. at the line that's the thing is is buddy healed you don't want buddy Hield driving to the basket and getting to the foul line you don't want to see that because that no. means that their their offense isn't doing what it should it wants to be doing you want to see De'Aaron fox getting to the foul line and really want to see your forwards get into the foul line. And Harrison Barnes is one of those guys that's a threat because of his size and he can play the low block you want to see him trying to get his buckets uh, at the foul line, and that's what I'm talking about. Either spot up shooting, you know, an easy pop shot, or it's like a low block take where it's it's it, it, you know it's a higher percentage uh, shot, or he's getting to the foul line. I think that's what they want to see. Man, I I'm not. I think Harrison Barnes, like you said, he's going to play to the level of their roster. And if there's consistency one through three, or really one through five all season, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think the continuity between the starting lineup is going to make or break the team this year. And I think that's my biggest knock on the team last year, you know? Uh, but let's go into the front court because we really probably have stronger opinions about the front court than most, right? Um, let's take it away with with Bagley. Ba- Dude, Bagley, fucking, man, isn't it good to see that guy out there? I think people, when making their predictions and they're talking about the Kings, they it's like this, it's like this, oh, well, It'd be it'd be nice if he's out there. We're not even gonna factor him in in his impact. It seems like like we're not gonna factor Bagley's in. And it's like whoa 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 whoa. This guy's fucking good, dude. I you know what's up with that? So I think people. All right, because let's just come out and say because Luca's so damn good. Okay, because he's so fucking good. People have just written off Marvin Bagley. They have. He hasn't played much. Luca's become a superstar probably a top, a top five player in the league and people have just kind of, you know, written Bagley off and I don't think it's right. Uh, you know, he's healthy right now. Uh, he's going to play well. All right. If the guy's healthy and he goes out there and gets the minutes, he's going to put up the points. You guys see it. Every time he gets the ball in the paint, it's a bucket. It's a bucket and they go to him. It was, it was, you know, evident this uh, tonight, early on in the game, every game that he's played in, it's a, hey, let's get Bagley going early. Uh, so people, you know, factor him in. He is going to put up the points. He's going to be your starting power forward this year. Barring, barring health, he's going to be the guy. Um, you know, if he's healthy, he's going to start all 72 games this year. It is what it is. Um, and I think, you know, actually I don't think, I know that if he's healthy, he can put up 17 and 10. I really believe that. Uh, and he can be a huge factor into, uh, you know, Darren Fox's development and getting Buddy Hill to that next, uh, you know, that next level. So everything, you know, this team is built to, you know, work together. You know, you got Darren Fox, Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes, and Bagley so far that we've talked about, and all of them kind of complement each other. The biggest thing is health, all right, and finally being a veteran player and learning how to play with other players and learning how to, uh, you know, play basketball is what it is, you know? So I think Bagley is going to make that step this year, dude. And we've talked about it. People write him off, you know, whatever. He's going to come out and play. If he's healthy, he's going to be one of the better players um, on the Kings this year. The thing that's crazy about that guy is, is, is that I just think that it's, he's going to, he's just going to develop into this 
really, really dominant uh, low post score. I think he's really difficult to guard. I just really yeah. think he's super difficult to guard. His, I mean, his size, his athleticism, him being a lefty, his soft touch, you know, he, he's got all the tools, man. He's got all the tools to be a premier scoring power forward in the league. Dude, he does. It's just stay healthy, man. You gotta stay healthy. And like I said, I think because Luca turned into the superstar that he did, people nitpick and they go in on his deficiencies, dude. They, they, people say, oh, well, He's not healthy. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to pass. His assist numbers aren't there. He doesn't pass. He has one assist in the two preseason games he played. Blah blah blah. He gets you know a lot of criticism because of who he was drafted over, and it's not fair. It's not Marvin Bagley's fault. Marvin Bagley's uber talented, and he's ready to take that step, man. Here's one. I mean, Mar- Marvin Bagley played. 62 games in his rookie year. He's only been in the league for two. He played 62 games his rookie year. I'm looking at it right yeah. now, okay? Yeah. And, 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 and this is the thing. That year they played, the Kings were the ninth seed, okay? And he averaged 15 points and 7.6 rebounds his rookie year. So he was an all-rookie selection his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, you you say it's because of Luka, which I think is part of it, but I think a lot of it is the injuries, and they're overblown. Because he missed a significant amount of time, I think yeah, a lot but, of it was – or I think, I think a lot of the injuries – I think a lot of the injuries, though, were like they took they were babying him. I think is what they what, what a lot of it was, and I think he did have somewhat of a significant injury last year, right? One of the things is that there's been shit ton of other big men in the NBA who we've t- who have had injuries early in their careers and missed a significant amount of time. Blake Griffin missed his entire rookie year. Joel Embiid had foot issues going back to to college. Right, um, Amari Stoudemire is the same deal. Amari Stoudemire tore his like knee and shit like after like a year in the league. Look at his career. I mean, those are just three off the top of my head. If there's more, there's more. But like, you know, guys, early, big man early, they can get hurt, whatever. They miss some time, but like fucking what you know and i think that people aren't factoring in his in his potential impact this year because they're already assuming he's going to get hurt whereas we're factoring in his impact because we saw it his rookie year and we saw where the team was at the end of the year record wise and I don't see any reason why that he can't make that same impact well, this year i think you know minus the injury stuff because here's another guy who's been injured and is injured right now who is drafted with him jaron jackson people love jaron jackson People love Jaron Jackson and how good all the potential on him, all this. The dude's been hurt just as much as Marvin Bagley. He's hurt right now. Well, there was a thing I saw tonight when ESPN posted like top duos, like young duos. Jaron Jackson Jackson and John Morant were on there. And I'm like, what? Yes. Yes. Jaron Jackson and John Morant are on there. And that's what I'm talking about. It's, It's because Marvin Bagley was drafted in front of Luka, plain and simple. That's it. It's because of it's because the Kings effed up and drafted Marvin Bagley number two. That is it. And I think what did uh, Jaron Jackson went four to Memphis? Is that what it was? What was the order that year? Is DeAndre eight and Marvin Bagley? Did Luca go three and then got traded? Is um, that what it was? Luca Luca three? No, it went it went Trey. I think it went. I don't know because it went Trey Young and then they traded. Tra- but but people really, I, I really believe that, especially you know me and you are very involved in Sacramento Kingsland. Uh, you know, the Kingsland media, and I, you know, all you hear is, well, should have drafted Luca, should have this, and, and I think a lot of people resent Marvin Bagley because of that. It's not really his, it's not his fault at all. Okay, well, well I, I think that the, to sum it up, though, is you and I believe um, that people aren't factoring his impact, and I'll reiterate, because they assume he's going to get hurt, 
And his rookie year, he wasn't hurt. He played 62 games, and he was good. The Kings were decent. So fucking just assume he's going to play this year, guys. Like, just because the guy had hurt. I mean, some of it was his hand was fucking hurt. Okay, cool, dude. Yeah. Like I said, Blake Griffin missed his, old, his entire rookie year. Joel Embiid missed time, you know? So, so let me, I want to bring this up, dude. Yeah, so it went DeAndre Ayton, Bagley, Luka, Jaron Jackson, Trey Young. Mo Bamba barely played, hasn't made any type of impact. Wendell Carter, yeah, whatever. You know, there, there's guys that were in here, dude, that just didn't really make any type of impact, dude. And it's just because Bagley went one pick over. That's it, dude. That's the, and, the, and it's crazy. It's just crazy to me that people aren't considering that. They aren't thinking about that. Okay, the big one, Ryan, that you and I are have just been championing since before, since last season, is we've said that the Kings need to upgrade the center position. There's a gaping fucking hole in the center position we thought last year. Rashawn Holmes, okay, I wasn't buying that crap last year. I thought that he is he played his best basketball during the Kings' worst stretch of the season, which was from November through December. After that, he got hurt and missed like a shit ton of time. And then when he did come back, he was kind of splitting time. And in the bubble, he didn't play well. So I think that people's analysis of Rashawn Holmes is a bit overblown, in my opinion. I believe that he's cool. I like him. It's not me hating him. I just don't – I'm not elevating him. I think he's a bench player. He's been a career bench player, and I think he played over his skis last year. And I think you said it earlier this week. I think that that guy probably had the best season he's going to be have as a pro last season. Um, and it's okay. I, and one of the things is you and I were, like, calling for upgrades at set center before they signed Whiteside. It's just whoever. We threw out names out there, and a lot of people were like – want to defend Rashawn Holmes so bad. Why is it so bad to say that? Why was it so bad to say that Rashawn Holmes is uh, better? You know, we're better off, a better team if we upgrade that position and he comes off the bench. Why is that a bad take? Well, because people love people love guys who come in and they're the underdog like Rashawn Holmes was. He was kind of, you know, just brought in for whatever. Nobody really thought it was that big of a deal. And he played pretty good basketball. Rashawn Holmes is a very good basketball player. He, he's a good player in the NBA uh, and I think people took our analysis of that and saying that we want an upgrade at the center position as saying as like Holmes shouldn't play at all you know I, I really believe that him and him and uh, Whiteside are going to play very similar minutes but they do you know Whiteside brings an element to the game that Rashawn Holmes just doesn't dude rebounding and shot blocking it's it, he doesn't you know Rashawn Holmes doesn't bring that Hassan Whiteside does. Rashawn Holmes brings to the table what Hassan Whiteside doesn't bring, and that is hustle. Um, that's a little better, you know, more fluid on the offensive end. So they complement each other. I don't understand why people. Why can't there just be two guys out there? Why can't like you were saying? Why can't you just upgrade that position and now you have two guys instead of Rashawn Holmes in you know Alex Lynn, Harry Giles, or like the year before with Willie and Costa. Why can't we just have two legit centers? What's so bad about that, dude? Especially we're paying them like six million combined this year. Like, what is such the big deal with having Rashawn Holmes and Hassan Whiteside? I don't understand it. People love to love, man, and and, it, and it's another thing too. Here's my take on the whole center position. All right, um, it's this is a two part thing. So let me go on this. All right, uh, one, Rashawn Holmes is I I think that Rashawn Holmes is kind of his an undersized center as far as like the way he, the way he plays, he kind of is like a power forward. Like if he played, if he played in 1999, I think he'd be a power forward. Right. Okay. And, okay. and so, 
he's got a little bit of a of touch, you know, as far as uh, mid range in. He can kind of hit it a little bit. He's like you said, the fluidity to his offensive game, maybe a little bit more natural mover on offense. So I, I think a lot of it with with Bagley's. Um, injury kind of history and 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 there's going to be times where they're not going to want to press Bagley's full minutes and stuff I think we're going to my prediction I think we're going to see Rashawn Holmes and Whiteside start games even together where they're going to he's going to start at power forward so one of the things Ryan like a Whiteside you talked about the shot blocking the rebounding that's not even a debate like if someone wants to fucking like debate the uh, shut up shut the fuck up dude like the Kings haven't had anybody who could do that in like ever okay so kiss my ass without that um, but one of the things I wanted to put out to you that we were calling for in the NBA, right? When you, what, if you, to win games, you need to have a versatility of lineups. That's one thing that you and I are big about, especially when you are a middle tier team, like the Kings, when you are like the Lakers or the prime warriors, you know, they're starting five, right? Only the great teams roll out there with the starting five that you can name, you know, the, the, the great teams. That's not the case for the Kings. When you're the Kings, you need to have starting lineups that match with the team you're playing, especially good teams. So some nights, Whiteside might not be the good fit. Some nights, they might go super small and put Bagley at center, and both of the fuckers might not start. They might put Barnes at power forward, right? There's going to be a lot of weird crap. You have to have the versatility of lineups. So let's talk about the entire roster, right? Because now one thing that we advocated for all season was move Holmes and Bealisa to the bench. All right, Corey Joseph is not going to need to start any games this year. Um, and then you can go in on Halliburton as well, right? And, and just kind of Glenn Robinson and then even Jabari Parker and potentially Kaminsky as the fringe part of the rotation. Is it, isn't this just a better, deeper, more versatile lineup than they've been rolled out in the last two years? I think it, it is. is. It is because you look at it like this, and, and I'm glad you brought this up. The versatility is huge, okay? You can't play this Warriors roster – you know, like you play the Lakers roster because Anthony Davis and LeBron James are just too big. You know, take a team that's more our level. Take Memphis, okay? Memphis is going to roll out there with Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson, right? You can't roll, you know, you can't, you, you can, but you shouldn't roll out there with Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley. Why? Because you're going to get absolutely destroyed inside, okay? You need that big body to go in there and bang with Jonas Valanciunas and eat 25, 30 minutes that night. And that's where Hassan Whiteside's going to come into play. Now, you play the Warriors team, okay? And, you know, Draymond gets healthy and they roll out a roster. Draymond, uh, you know, Paschal, Oubre, Wiggins, Steph, whatever, right? That's a roster that, okay, you got Draymond at center tonight. Cool. We're going to roll out Rashawn Holmes. We're playing the Rockets and PJ Tucker's at center or Christian Woods at center and PJ Tucker's a power forward. Cool. Rashawn Holmes is going to run out that night, but the, you can't, you, you like, you said it right, man. When you're not an elite team and you don't have your starting five versatility is key. And Sacramento has done that. That's exactly what they did. And I think that's what they thought they were going to do last year and it didn't work out, but now they have legit guys, dude. You have a legit guy in, in Hassan Whiteside who can come in and play and who's proven that he's a premier shot blocker. You have Rashawn Holmes, who's a motor. You have these wing players now. And then at the very, very bottom of your bench, you have a guy like Kaminsky, Jabari Parker, who could come in and score. That's valuable, man. It's, it's, this is a very deep roster, and that's good. And I don't understand why people hated that so much. 
that people it's like to me it's like they hate seeing they, they hate, hate seeing it. they they don't want they don't even want like average success man and, and, and this is what's pissed me off about the whole off season is it's people are so hyper focused when built when talking about building a roster in the nba about the offensive side i've i've, I've i'll repeat this because i've said it before right the offensive they always say well this guy's you know he needs to go over here because he can stretch the floor and he can do this and this guy needs to be able to guard this and they they paint the picture and paint this perfect scenario of a lineup that and you know the thing is what happens when you roll out some lineup like that you get into a matchup where all of a sudden you're your forward who stretches it here and your big man who does this well guess what the game plan doesn't fucking work like that tonight get, guess what happens you take that l son yeah, you, you get in that l. position you get in that position against like an orlando team last year in the bubble dude and you get straight fucked dude when you got or, six seven guys running around everywhere Oh, you know, we don't know. We don't know what, what to do. Into. We can't adapt. We can't do. Yeah. And that's the thing. That was the thing last year. And this year, they don't need to do that. It, it's like you said. Hey, tonight's not that night. And it's going to happen. Tonight's not the night where De'Aaron Fox is going to be that guy. Tonight's not going to be that good night where, but they're not going to let Buddy Hield get the shot. You know, tonight's the night where we're probably not going to outscore the team, so we need to lock down and play some defense, or we can't let them you, you, score in certain certain ways, right? You know what? The, you know what the beauty of all this is too. For everybody who's talking about tank and we don't want to ruin our future and everything, Hassan Whiteside one year contract. Jabari Parker opt in for one year. Holmes is off this year. Belise is on expiring contract. Corey Joseph is on an expiring deal. So for everybody who's talking about, you know, we don't want to mortgage our future. We don't want to do all this, dude. At any time, you can just trade these guys at the deadline or at the end of the season. You see, put the reset button. You still got you still got Fox under contract. So this this is where it kind of transition to my one of the the the, the last topics I have. Ryan is just like because you know it's it's like what you're saying. What what is the future of the Kings going into this season? And here's where, here's where I think, and you can you know you can kind of agree or disagree, right? Right now, I think there are eight teams. I would get. I would bet eight teams better than the Kings. We said it early on. We don't think there are like all these other teams, which we're going to talk about. Which teams specifically? Around nine, ten, eleven. We don't think that they're automatically better than the Kings. We we don't. We actually think the Kings are right there, and we'll talk more about that. All right. So, what's the future of the Kings? I think the Kings. Here's here's my thing, right? I think what's going to happen is that the Kings are going to be better than everybody thinks that they are for some reason, which is, I think they're going to be where we think they, they're going to be. And what's going to happen, they're going to have this, this moment middle of the season where they're going to have those expiring contracts. Like that you mentioned Holmes, Parker, Belisa, Joseph, Whiteside. It's like all these players where somebody's going to be on the move, right? And at that moment, the Kings are probably going to trade. And I think at that time, they could trade and get someone who can help them um, and just be a rotational depth. And even, I think that even that's... A, even a, pit, a late pick would be okay. But, you you know, you went from, you know, like everybody hate on the Sun Whiteside thing, dude. Hassan Whiteside, if the Kings are out of it, Hassan Whiteside can get traded at any time. You're telling me a 15, re a, 15 a game rebounder and three blocks a game isn't going to go for a late first round pick in the for a team that's, you know, going for a championship, it's going to happen, dude. They're, you're going to be able to flip these guys, dude. It's very valuable. That's that's the the thing is like this. It's it, You don't need to – it just goes back to you don't need to, like, blow everything up to get better. My view on the Kings is, the, is this. This year, go out and compete. I think that they – I think, really, Ryan, I think they're going to be competing in close, and, I, and it's entirely possible they can make one or two moves. And I think, for me, it's pro, it's Corey Joseph, it's Bielisa and Holmes. Those are my top three guys that I see that are not part of what 
they need to be successful this year. And I think that they can actually yield something back because I think that Holmes and Bielisa could, they're kind of valuable to something. So I, I think if the Kings are like on that threshold on that bubble and they move those guys and go and get another, another wing player or something like that. And I think it could really help them and potentially push them over their hump without going into all of the other predictions. You know, a lot of other teams have their other challenges too. There's going to be COVID this year. That's another thing is that who knows someone can get fucking COVID and be missed two weeks, you know, and, and miss something. Somebody can get hurt. It, it's, it's all like that. You have a lot of teams that are fringe, uh, you know, eight, eight, seven, six in the playoffs in the Western conferences that like yeah. they're one injury away from being fucked. We'll, we'll break that year, all down later. This is a year where depth is going to come in tremendously. The teams with the most depth are the teams that are going to be standing at the end. And that's why Sacramento has depth for the first time in a long time. And that's why I think they could potentially be there at the end. Yeah, it's it, so. I guess in closing, Ryan, it's it's crazy to me the off season we've had. It's crazy to me the people out there, the the Kings Herald guys. You know, I had this guy Brendan Nunez. He he was he literally tells me, okay, and this guy writes or does something, and he was talking about Whiteside. He was advocating for a G League player, Ryan, to play over Whiteside. And I said, that's really your take. And he said, yeah, I want the Kings to lose as many games as possible. Well, you know what, hey guys. Suck my balls. The Kings are better than that. If you if you watch the team, they're better than that. And we just we, we kind of laid out our thoughts. And I'm not, I don't need to repeat it all in the in the closing segment, but get in for the ride, man. Because the the Kings, it's just much better when they're winning. And we're not saying they're gonna kill it, but they're not as bad as you think. And I'm glad they didn't fucking do the dumbass moves that they wanted that you guys wanted them to do. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this team this season, Ryan. Yeah, they the Kings tried that. At one point, they they tried the tanking part, and it didn't work, dude. It didn't work. Um, you have talent here, dude. I, I really, you know, I really believe in Marvin Bagley. I really believe in Darren Fox, and I really believe that these guys, at some point, can take us to that next level. And people, you know, just sit back and enjoy the enjoy the show, man. Because a bare minimum, they're going to be fun to watch this year. They're going to be hell of fun to watch. And I think we'll be coming out of this year looking better. So, hey, part one is down. Season preview, Kings cast. Part one is down. Check out part two next week, the 23rd. Um, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be part of the show, uh, you know you can do that by tagging us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Kingscast Eric at Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're active on a, a number of Facebook groups, but please join our Facebook group Kingsland with our buddy friend of the show Casey Yost. He's the kind of director admin on there, and we're we're partnering with him on there. It's a great place for Kings content and Kings chatter. Um, and then if you ever want to stay up to the podcast, you can find us at Kings Cast, and you can find our entire podcast catalog streaming wherever you find your podcast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.